Hey everyone, it's Tempe This Week, the podcast, and it's our spectacular, spectacular, summer spectacular. We've got DJ Action, Councilmember Joel Navarro, Chaya Tan from Donut Parlor, Arts and Culture's Brandon Ross, Jessica Jupitus from Tempe Public Library, and Savannah Harrelson from our communication team. Our special guest this week is Councilmember Joel Navarro. Councilmember Joel Navarro was elected to Tempe City Council in May 2008. He is our longest standing council member. He's served the greater Phoenix area in a multitude of ways. He's a Phoenix firefighter and as such brings tremendous insight to our council in terms of regional public safety. He is also the 2022 chair of the National League of Cities Public Safety and Crime Prevention Federal Advocacy Committee and has also been extremely active in opioid abuse prevention programs on the national, regional, and local levels. Welcome, Councilmember Navarro. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Having me, I guess, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not many people can say that they are Arizona natives. You're third generation, born and raised in Tempe. You live in the same neighborhood you grew up in. Yeah, uh, all my life. Um, honestly, I actually lived right down the street from the first school. Meyer School was the very first school I attended, and um, I'm now blocks away from that. Just the the whole area. I mean, I've lived in every zip code in the in the city, and uh, I could really say that I truly live in Tempe. <laughs> Do you think that gives you a different perspective as a council member? Yeah, it does. I mean, I I think, you know, being part of a neighborhood, being part of an area, you kind of really get the the feel of, you know, the the people and the concerns and and what's good for that area. I think every area of the city has a vibe um, unique from the north to south to central, whatever it may be, east and west. Um, And I think understanding the importance of what people see within those areas and what they want, you know, I think it, it shows... Uh, a true understanding of what the city is all about. Councilmember Navarro, this is our summer spectacular podcast episode. Um, you grew up here in Tempe. What are some of your favorite childhood memories or favorite summer activities that you enjoy growing up here in Tempe? Man, I think the the first is always the pools. You know, it, 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 when I was a kid, it was I was fortunate we had a pool at our house. I couldn't believe we're going to get a pool at our house. When we discovered, you know, my parents had enough money to to do that, I was, like, amazed. Um, But within the neighborhood, just be able to have other friends and just having little pool parties and get-togethers and things like that, that was – probably some of the, the summer memories, along with the baseball, you know, the, the peewee leagues, the, you know, the, the um, uh, little baseball leagues uh, throughout. I was, I was always part of that. Um, and then it was, you know, some of the activities that Tempe offered. You know, we had tumbling classes. We had, you know, indoor basketball gyms, uh, sometimes some events that the uh, high schools would provide and, and we'd get involved in before we were in high school. And so it was, it was a lot of different things that uh, the city actually provided and we actually utilized quite well. So did you play sports at uh, Marcos Deniza High School? I, I did. I did. Marcos Deniza. Padres, man. That's, that's the place right there. 86 grad, yeah. you know. Um, shout I out. did. Yeah, a little shout out. Uh, I was a uh, football, basketball, baseball player, even track. 
Um, I think when I kind of knew that football was the direction I really wanted to go into, I, I went towards track my, my senior year and, and gave up baseball. But an opportunity to play in all the sports, it, I think it's one of those things nowadays, you don't really get a lot of people doing that. Um, usually everyone gets specialized in one sport now, you know, and they have year round. It's It really gives you the opportunity to explore. Um, I think it's, it's a great um, opportunity to, to be more athletic, you know, in various different areas. And uh, to have that opportunity to, to do that, uh, it was a highlight of my life, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Absolutely. So you coached football at Marcos, right? I did. I did. For 13 years. Um, don't know how I got into that. After college um, at New Mexico State, I came back home and uh, uh, I had a person that got in my ear and said, hey, we need a coach. And I was like excited because, you know, I, I love the sport, you know, played it all my life. And um, so I got an opportunity to, to be part of a, a Marcos Deniza and work out with their D-line and linebackers. And uh, eventually I kind of, you know, grew into other positions, being the defense coordinator on the JV side and then uh, also on the varsity side, just coaching their DNs and D-line. And uh, I, 13 years went by so quick. I don't even, I was like, it's 13 years? I was like, wow, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but that's when it transitioned into council, which, you know, was another thing I didn't think I'd ever get into, but it just, just happened. What what sparked that motivation to join the Tempe City Council uh, in 08? You know, at, at first it was just someone asking me, hey, would you be interested in, in joining the council? And the first answer was no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I knew that I... I I loved my community. I knew I wanted to see changes in um, my community, the growth. Um, when I was in playing college football, it gave me the opportunity to see other cities and travel around. Yeah. And it kind of got me to like, we could have that in Tempe, or we could steal that, or that's a great idea, or I, we do that better in Tempe type of thing. And I kind of, I think through my college career, I always kind of had that in my back of my mind, but I didn't know how to... Um, translate it so I think when someone said hey you should do council and I was like what's all it all about you know and right. when I discovered what it was all about I was like hmm wow I have a say really yeah okay you have to get elected though yeah and they asked me again I said no they asked me again and I said okay and probably at the worst time of my life going through a divorce at the time and I was like it's two little kids wow. let's do it you wow. know and um kept you occupied oh it did it totally did and and it was also with the fire department um during my shift work it was kind of something doable i could do too so i was like yeah i'm really down on this so i went into it uh, but probably before then i got involved with the human relations commission to get an understanding tempe leadership was a huge understanding of the city so it really kind of gave me a real broad uh, perspective of what the city was all about probably before i got in to running for council which i would have to say for anybody who's trying to do that you know, please try to step in those arenas and get a real idea um, about the city and, and some of the things because it educates you, gets you informed, gets you to an understanding of uh, what the city is doing, and then also kind of gauges you to how to start making things happen. The councilman just gave you the breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a lover of live music. I'm a lover. And I have heard, <laughs> I have heard that as a result of your suggestion, businesses on Mill can get live music permits for a fraction of the normal price. Yes. Why, yes. why is live music such a passion of yours? It's, you know what, growing up, it was such a, especially high school, college, it was something I knew that was Tempe. Um, you know, going out at night down Mill, um, when I could get into the bars, 
it was part of that vibe. It was part of that that scene and that energy. And it it brought people together. And you met people that way. And it was just a collaboration of, of a lot of things. But, a lot of, but music is just that thing that, you know, in my opinion, that it's the calming. It's the everyone has something in common. It's not so polarizing. You know, it's just it's just being part of something, being part of a good time. And I embrace that. I think it's, it's a it's a great thing to do. I just took a trip and I was just thinking about this while I was on my trip because I was like, hmm, this is a good idea. We had an opportunity to um, do a tour of a, a, a building architecturally designed um, kind of like a Dr. Seuss book. It was just the coolest building in Barcelona. And after the tour, we got on top of the roof and there was a live music venue and wine and champagne and Fun. beautiful sights. And I was just like, we can do this in Tempe, a live music rooftop series. Yes, yes please. And just showcase, <laughs> yes. you know, these buildings that we have and showcase the views that we have, but then have this ability to have this real cool venue on top of the roast with live music, acoustics playing, how, whatever it is, the different genres of, of music. And I think that's a vibe that um, I haven't seen really tapped into all too much in the Valley. And what an opportunity, I think, for us. So, yeah. You were instrumental in getting a portion of 8th Street renamed Allison Road Avenue for the Gin Blossoms. That was a heck of a breakfast party. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. Good times? <laughs> that was a good time. So. Yeah, no, it, I tell you what, just recognizing the Gin Blossoms in general, um, they've been so huge in, in the Valley, but in, especially in Tempe. And uh, we gave them recognition on the, on the street corner here in, off of Mill with the plaque. Um, just uh, really kind of really showcasing that we still embrace uh, the people that come out of Tempe that played in Tempe and trying to show that we still um, want more live music and we are doing whatever we can to uh, showcase that and bring that to light. So shifting gears quickly, um, so as a firefighter, you bring a different perspective to public safety issues uh, to our council. Mm -hmm. What are some of the issues that you've worked on that have benefited from your personal experience and your professional experience? Yeah, um, you know, really, I mean, the one big one is is really the open, opioid awareness. Yeah. I think as a firefighter, um, I don't know how many, how many calls I've been on for, you know, overdoses and heroin and things like that, and now it's fentanyl. Um, and just seeing it firsthand, you know, just seeing what it does to um, an individual. And the thing is, it doesn't discriminate you know, just uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, kids to adults to elderly, you know, they all, everyone has a, um, uh, a possible effect from this. And uh, when you see that firsthand, you kind of really like, what can we do about it? You understand it truly and you understand the complicated um, backstories, especially with people on the streets. And it just kind of enlightens you to try to solve the puzzle logically, try to find opportunities for people to get the resources that they need to tackle the addiction. So coming up uh, June 3rd, uh, we have an opportunity to uh, see you in person with council member Berdetta Hodge mm -hmm. around water safety. Right. You're going to be having a live event. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we're having a live event. Um, we're going to be talking about water safety, but it's the opportunity of talking about, you know, things of, of swim lessons, CPR, getting your kids out there to understand water safety, getting families out there, um, the programs that we have and offer at Kiwanis Park and any of the pool parks. 
um, just to make sure that kids are ready for, um, you know, how to work around the water. Parents are ready for the responsibilities with kids being around water. Getting your kids prepared. I think that's one of the most primary things as a parent you should do. So I think it's a huge opportunity. I'm excited for it. I know that Burdetta is excited for it. Um, and I think the awareness and the education is huge. Absolutely. So for more uh, information, you can visit uh, tempe.gov slash Navarro for details. And just to, re- to remind us, Saturday, June 3rd, uh, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at the Tempe Fire Training Center. This event is free. You can bring your friends, family. You can take a family photo with the fire truck and uh, learn how to stay safe this summer um, in the water. Once again, that is tempe.gov slash Navarro for details. Thank you so much for being here today. I think you guys is awesome. Thank you. Yay. So beyond the programs and services that our city offers for things like the summer reading and whatnot, we have some really great special events. We've got Pride event, we've got Juneteenth, we've got all these concerts at the Tempe uh, Center for the Arts. And Savannah, I know you have some great summer of fun things too. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a super fun summer. Fireworks are back. Woo-hoo! For the July 4th celebration in Tempe. This year it's going to be at Tempe Diablo Stadium on July 4th. Fireworks, food trucks, activities, bring the kids. Kids 10 and under are free. Tickets are available at tempe4th.com. And that's the number four. Excellent. And you have some fun things for kids like summer camps and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if your kid ha- needs something to do this summer, we've got it at the city of Tempe. If you go go to tempe.gov slash family fun, there's all sorts of summer camps, summer classes, summer programs, summer events. The options are endless. No matter what your interest is, there's STEM programs, there's art programs. It's just a really fun place to be in the summer. That's wonderful. We have several Juneteenth celebrations, too, this year. I know the Tempe History Museum has one. Uh, Downtown Tempe Authority has one. And our Arizona uh Cultural Center on College Avenue has one this year, so make sure that you stop off for those. But we also have some great Pride events. Um, Brenda, do you want to tell us about those? Look, we at, at the Tempe Center for the Arts, we have great Pride events. Uh, we have drag and draw. Woohoo! Adults only drink, dragging, and draw. And this <laughs> is for everybody. You can come and go as you please, but it's a great place to be who you are and uh, do some drawing at the same time. Um, we have the Gay Men's Chorus coming to do a concert, Born to be Brave. We've got uh, trans uh, choreographer and dancer, Gen Z Russell, coming to do a, a, an event. Uh, we also have some great uh, music with the Wind Symphony, Desert Overtures, which is uh, made up of LGBT musicians and their allies performing. So, And, and there's more in the, with Phoenix Pride um, and other events as well at TCA. So a lot going on there to really celebrate who we are as a community. And the library has some things too. We do. Actually, we have been nominated by Phoenix Pride for the Ally Award this year. So we're waiting to find out if we win. But we have been in partnership with Brick Road Coffee, who was on the podcast previously, and doing our Friends of Dorothy Book Club. So we have the Friends of Dorothy Book Club that happens every month. And uh, in June, we're going to be reading a local author, Sonora Reyes's The Luis Ortega Survival Club. And that book came out yesterday. You can find it at the Tempe Public Library. But it's a really great way to connect 
connect with the community and kind of go beyond. Um, and we do it year round. So not only in June, but all year. And Downtown Tempe Authority has their Pride Party on June 3rd from 7 to 10 p.m. It's a, a celebration of all things fabulous and wonderful and complete with drag entertainer Barbara Seville. Love is love. Yay! So, do you have anything really special for kids happening at TCA this summer? You know what? I just got permission from my marketing coordinator to give you the inside scoop. We, we haven't announced this. It's not on sale yet. You heard it here first. We have five-time Grammy nominee Justin Roberts and the Not Ready for Nap Time players coming <laughs> to the Tempe Center for the Arts to do a rock music event specially for kids. It's wow. gonna. Uh, it's interstellar. It's on a space cadet theme. Um, it's for the whole family. We're going to set up a whole a special concert space in the lobby. We can get up close with Justin and his band, but also it, kids are going to be able to get up and dance and rock it out and uh, really have a fun time together. It's uh, he's a really well respected artist, but uh, you know it has a lot of fun as well. I don't think that that's just for kids. I think I'm going to no. be front row on that one. Yeah, uh, me too. I mean, you know, that's the thing about, you know, these sorts of artists. Grammy nominated, um, you know, it really is for everybody. And it's great for mum and dad and the grandparents and aunts and uncles to come and share it together. Fun. Amazing uh, events happening as well during Juneteenth uh, celebration. The African American Advisory Committee uh, will present the 10th annual Juneteenth celebration to educate the community and celebrate freedom from slavery in the United States. The celebration will be held at the Tempe History Museum. That is 809 East Southern Avenue, Tempe, Arizona. This is a free family event. And it will include uh, hands-on activities for the children, performances, table displays from community organizations, story time with the kids, and a video game trailer. I'm there. And Roy, just so that you know, we do have a Juneteenth book list. If folks are interested in learning more, those are all available at the Tempe Public Library. Awesome. Roy, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. <laughs> well, we have... Uh, some treats for you, Chris. And we Exciting. have donuts from the Donut Parlor. Mm, Chiatan oh, and nice. his family own and operate Donut Parlor right here in Tempe since 2015. The sweet mm, space has served oh, up nice. the fluffiest, most flavorful, oh, and fun oh, donuts oh, around. They're already digging into the donuts, I see. Uh, what makes... <laughs> so, Chaya, talk to us about uh, Donut Parlor. Tell us your history and what makes the Donut Parlor donuts so craveable. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for the base, uh, we, we actually use a southern recipe. It's a little different than most uh, other donut shops here in Arizona where they use, like, a, a West Coast-style recipe. Um... Our, our donuts aren't aren't as sweet and aren't as greasy as, as most other donut shops. Um, and the, the texture overall is a lot different than the standard uh, donut shop. On the flip side, uh, in addition to doing donuts like the old fashioned way, we also like to 
um, keep up with a lot of the current trends and make sure our toppings aren't um, not only they do they taste good, but also um, we follow up with the latest and greatest trends in like the dessert category. So um, one of our popular donuts is our maple bacon donut. We got a peanut butter jelly donut. Our Nutella donuts is really, really popular. Our Biscoff donuts. So yeah, so we try to cover all the categories. I'm seeing uh, some sprinkles. I see fruity. Is it fruity pebbles? Yeah. I see Fruit Loops. And is that like cookie crunch? Little yeah, that's our cookie crisp uh, donut. Cookie crisp donut. Yeah. So, so you got the cereal. You got a cereal thing going here. <laughs> yeah. Will so you, that, will we're bringing the nostalgic factor uh, back yeah. to to everybody here. It makes <laughs> me think about Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Growing up. There's an animal cracker in there, Roy. I, I just saw the animal cracker. <laughs> yeah, circus animal donut. That I'm one's a, really fun. I'm gonna pass it around. What What's the most popular donut that you have? Uh, from from the beginning, our, our most popular was always the uh, maple bacon donut. Okay. Uh, between that and the fruity pebbles, those two were always going to sell out the most. Yeah. I can imagine. And you've done some special occasion donuts, like May the Fourth be with you. Yeah, we have our Star Wars donuts. Um, it's our Galaxy donut. Those are really popular. Um, in the beginning of the year, we had um, our Lunar New Year donuts. Uh, that was fun. My wife's family owns a whole bunch of dim sum restaurants in L.A. and um, yeah, so we brought some of her culture, and, and we did that. Uh, this month is uh, Asian Heritage Month, so we're doing uh, ube donuts, and um, we also have uh, pandan donuts. And uh, T- Tell us about ube donuts. Yeah, ube donuts are, are really popular, actually. Um, so we it's a ube icing with a ube crumb. Um, ube, to, to kind of describe it, it kind of tastes like a buttery hazelnut um, flavor. So, so yeah, so that, that one's... Um, for, for this month. That's our donut of the month here. Awesome. So talk to us. Um, most people, you know, may may not know about Donut Parlor or they didn't know it was in Tempe. Could you tell us about your journey in offering up the best donuts you can find in Tempe? How did you land in Tempe? Yeah, actually, so uh, the story starts back in um, May of 75. Um, so that's actually when the, the Cambodian uh, genocide started. Um, after the genocide was over, our family became refugees and eventually um, landed here uh, in Arizona, specifically Tempe, Arizona. Tempe was very welcoming to the Cambodian refugee community. Mm. Um, our family was sponsored by Grace Community Church. It's just down, not too far from here. Um, but there was an exhibit, uh, what Josh was saying, there was actually an exhibit on the journey of the Cambodian refugees to, to Arizona. So uh, one of the things that... Um, with our community, since we didn't really speak English, uh, we were only uh, had available jobs that other Cambodians were already working in. And so since Cambodians worked at donut shops, that was a transition from, you know. <laughs> so that, that was the first, that was one of the only few jobs available was the donut shops. And so that's how our family got started. Wow. Yeah. So, and you do a lot of work right now in the local community in the, in Tempe. Um, talk to us about why that's important to you right now. Uh, so going back to what I was saying about the being a refugee and, and the genocide, um, we, we knew what it was like to have nothing, um, not even a shirt on our back. You know, we had to, we had to go to the thrift shop and, or actually, no, we didn't, we didn't even do it. We actually went to the churches and the churches had clothing to give mm. to us. Yeah. So, um, and not only that, they fed us as well. And I remember that being one of the only meals that we had 
throughout the day, and we would try to ration the food. Um, the, the free meals that we had at uh, school, we would, ch- we would take it home, and we would try to ration that out. So I knew what it was like to have nothing, and I wanted to make sure that I did everything I can to give back to the community. Well, thank you, and we definitely appreciate you. Uh, t- give us the address one more time to Donut Parlor. Sure. Our address is, um, so we're, we're located in South Tempe, if you, if you kind of know where that Costco is on Elliott and Priest. Uh, we're in that plaza, so it's 1245 West Elliott Road, um, Suite 103, um, and uh, we share a wall with Kyoto Bowl, so that's an easy way to find us. Awesome, awesome. And so if you haven't tried a donut from Donut Parlor, enter our contest. We have a $50 gift card up for grabs for Donut Parlor. So just answer the first trivia question correctly. Chris. We've had such a great first season. We want to thank everyone who's been involved. First, we want to give special thanks to Eddie Garcia and Jason Wolf, our Tempe 11 producers of the podcast. They have been the people who make this show sound great every week. Next, thanks to Nikki Ripley, our communication and marketing director. She not only leads our team, she gives us creative ideas and the green light for all of our contests. And here's to our businesses who have been a part of this season. Big Red's Hot Sauce, Word of Mouth Grill, Casey Moore's Oyster House, Spaghetti Shack, Tempe Boat Rentals, Salted Knot Pretzels, Midge Chocolate, Kettle Heroes Popcorn, Mango Rabbit Boba Tea, Green New American Restaurant, Fabric, Brick Road Coffee, 100 Mile Brewing, Donut Parlor, and Omni Tempe Hotel at ASU. And we've had great musicians like DJ Action and Justin Stewart and artists like Kylan Manny. And VIPs like our entire Tempe City Council, Tempe Tourism, CEO Michael Martin, and the crew from Downtown Tempe Authority, Tempe Chambers, Colin Diaz, Penny Walker from ASU News, and Dr. Valicia Humes, Tempe Chief Diversity Officer, and the folks from Lost Our Home Pet Rescue. And finally, thanks to all the City of Tempe staffers who spent time with us. Jerry Hall Jr., we call him Speedy. Savannah Savannah Harrison. Brenda Clark. Tanya Chavez. Brian Fisher. Jessica Jupitus. Jenny Leon. Alisa Lovell. Josh Ruffler. Lisa Groom. Maria Lochner. Madeline Mercer, Alex Chin, Brendan Ross, and Susie Steckner. Thanks, everyone. Hey.